Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Three, two, one. Yo, this is Man Up Podcast, podcast number 110. 110, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin that bad boy around, bang, you might be in water. Fine, Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are. And you know. This is the story of David and Bathsheba that we're going to be talking about. Who? This is spiritual oasis. Yeah. Spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And you know what? As much as we say that uh, spiritual oasis for men in the title, we have a lot of women that listen to this. And women, we're glad you're there. Uh, But I just want to say another thing that I'm glad about is this. That this is audio, so so whatever so whatever is said, you can't necessarily pin on me. And another thing about that's great about being the host of this is I get to go last. So when we're talking about lust and adultery and all this stuff that David <laughs> is going through, we're going to hear the opinion of the panel here before I have to chime in. And so you know what? Pretty good chance I'm going to weasel out on a lot of this stuff. Well, so. in, in poker they call that. In position, the best advantage you can have. You get to act last. That's, that's, dude, that's, that's totally it. And, uh, I, I, I was going to really say like that, that that we started the recorder early because we were all fired up. Yes. This is like the lesson we've all been waiting and this, for. And this is so much of a man lesson that I know for a fact women want to chime in on. So. Here it is. And we have a great panel today. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just introduce them real quick. So, and then I'm going to let them summarize it, the lesson, and maybe bring in a few points. And then what I'll do is I'll go ahead and read the scripture. We are in the Connect 360 Triumph and Troubles. And if you haven't listened to the Man Up podcast before, welcome. If if you're brand new, what we do, we're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith. We get to talk about stuff on the podcast here that you do not get to talk about anywhere else. And this is like a long-running spiritual conversation with a bunch of guys. We're on SoundCloud, where we have all of our podcasts archived. We're also on iTunes, where you probably found us. We're at Man-Up on a Facebook page if you have a question or comment that you can go ahead and put on. And so at this time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce our panel that we have. And uh, he's fresh back from a diving expedition off the coast of Australia. So, and he's an attorney, and he's also a prosecutor, Mm -hmm. and he's a diver. (laughs) So... He could either defend you, he could throw the book at you, or shoot you with a spear gun. And that's Michael Cropper, so Hi, everyone. <laughs> he's here. Hi, everyone. And uh, 
I saw his brand new vehicle out in the parking lot, and your lights were on. Did they go off automatically? Always. Oh, yeah. awesome! So, well, your Thank battery, you for your, the <laughs> spot check. All right, your battery, yeah. your battery will be dead. And he that's was a uh, world of God. He's yeah, a, he's I, I a, hey, we with... talk about cars, man. We're guys. Uh, he is a class Go deacon. <clears throat> He's kind of an insurance guy. What a great guy, though. And a, and a really nice new truck, too. Kyle Trahan is here. And... He's a world-class trainer, and I don't know if he got that new position in the group or not, but uh, he's an awesome guy. We call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu, and he's back. <clears throat> he hasn't totally trashed his house yet, but they're, they're working on it. Oh, we, we it, it's, on, it's we trash. Oh, it's we, trash. We, we went it, on it, it well. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> and then they got well. a good time you, doing it. If you're, talking, if you're talking about a bouncing ball, this is where the ball is it, bouncing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's on his way, he's on his way back up. So, And we have a professional policy writer who's a little bit of a gambler. Yeah, professional gambler at that. Mr. Steve Titch is here with us as well. We are in 2 Samuel, and the focal text is chapter 11. And this is the well-known story of David and Bathsheba. And so I'm going to go around, before I read the scripture, I'm going to just go around, uh, have the panel, just talk about their basic, you, you could say overview or summary of it, and then we'll go ahead and we'll read the lesson, have further discussion. Let's start out with, uh, with your honor, your honor. <laughs> uh, everyone, uh, as Bill said, this is 2 Samuel 11. Uh, David has had tremendous... Uh, victory in serving the Lord in the past uh, lessons. Uh, in fact, he's had just a number of great victories. And the Lord showed him, I think, and uh, it's pretty clear to him that he should be out with his armies when they go out to fight, and they should be out to battle. And uh, in the following lesson, he then, uh, well, out of, out of sequence, David offers to build a temple to the Lord, or synagogue to the Lord, and he is not able to do that, but the Lord is appreciative of that and tells David he's going to, his whole family is going to be eternal, or he have a lasting descendants. Um, today's lesson is, is is about doing something where you should not be doing something, or uh, not doing something yeah, when you should be doing something. There you go. There you go. And I can tell you, let, let me tell you, if you let your mind on, what is it? An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Is that it, guys? Um, and David, in fact, um, David does commit a tremendous sin here, which we'll look at. And all of you, I know, are familiar with the story. But I, I, I here personally think that it goes back a lot further than just David seeing Bathsheba on the roof. And we may get into that. I hope so in the lesson. Uh, anyway, thank Excellent. you, Bill. Deacon Kyle. You know, there's uh, Uriah in the story, obviously, Second Samuel uh, 11 and... Uh, Man, didn't he get hosed? <laughs> the only, the only thing I can say here. You know, this is a no church answers tour, and there, there, there's the first one. And to boot, he gets to deliver his own death decree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How horrible is that? Yeah. But he didn't know it. And, and he didn't know it. Exactly. And he didn't know it. Yeah. That's what I got. There you go. <laughs> Professor. Man, there, there's so, 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 so exactly. much to unpack in this story. Um, 
I'm looking really forward to, A, Steve sent something to me later this week, and I thanked him as we're walking in for depressing me. And I think we're going to bring this down. Right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for bringing me down. Thank you, Steve, very much. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of like Kyle. I not only want to look at Uriah, and I really want to talk not only about him, but I also want to talk about Joab, and of course David, and even Bathsheba. The, the, the four of them are the four people in this story. And, and then Mike brought up all the grandparents and parent and lineage and all that, and boy, did they ever tie into it. That, that we'll get to really it. compact this story to a point that there, this, this is the most... This is probably the most oniony story that we're ever going to do in Man Up. And thank God they broke it into two weeks for us. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. Because there's just yeah. so much here we're going to deal with. Yeah. Oniony. 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 Yeah. I, Mr. I, Steve Titch. I'm so glad you mentioned that because there is a layer to this. The, the, and this is why we're here, folks. This is... There's, there's a real deep lesson for men in here that goes beyond the church answer of, well, don't look at pornography. Right. Or don't look Absolutely. at internet pornography. Because if you come away, now, now there's, there's important stuff about lust and where it takes David. Mm -hmm. But if you walk away from this saying, oh, I'm okay as long as I don't, you know, click on sex.com. Right. There, there. David, and we'll talk about it. David does something so incredibly stupid. <laughs> I don't know how stupid and self-destructive. The type of thing you want to bat him up to the head, because we've read everything about him. This is so out of character. And the and the question that this begs is why why does someone who should know better, who should absolutely know better, and we will talk about how deep this sin goes. Yeah. Because there, like with, with a lot of things, you do the story so so many times, you don't realize, but biblically, what's in there as well. So, uh, and I do want to look at David's self-destructiveness here, and what, what, and what we can take away today as men from this and leaders, because I think there's there's something going on that's much deeper than purely uh, the adultery part of this. Yeah. <clears throat> And that is excellent. And uh, before I go ahead and read the uh, scripture, I want to quote a uh, gifted theologian that was in our Sunday school class. Uh, Deacon Kyle said, I think David was bored. <laughs> and you know, fair, fair amount. Why don't you repeat that after you so read it? After I read it. After, you know, like something I'm saying. Right, right. <clears throat> <clears throat> and and with that, uh, we're going to go into Second uh, Samuel. This is Second Samuel 11. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone out to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent his word to Joab. 
Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. When David was told Uriah did not go home, he asked him, Haven't you just come from a distance? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my master Joab and my lord's men are camped in the open fields. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among the master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, Put Uriah in front in the front line where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him, so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. Joab sent David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messenger, When you had finished giving the king this account of the battle, the king's anger may flare up, and he may ask you, Why did you get so close to the city to fight? Didn't you know that they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jerbethas? Didn't a woman throw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died in Tebez? Why did you get so close to the wall? If he asks you this, then say to him, Also your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. The messenger sent out, and when he arrived, he told David everything Joab had sent him to say. The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us, came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gates. Then the archers shot arrows at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's men died. Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. David told the messenger, Say this to Joab, Don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this to encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Super quick, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I think it is telling. There is a fifth character in the story that I missed, and I really caught it when you read it, the messenger. The messenger was supposed to say... So we attacked, and I'm going to very loosely paraphrase, we attacked and several men were killed. And that's all he was supposed to say. And then when Joab said, what the heck, when the king blows up and gets angry at you, then you say, moreover your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. He did not wait. He put that in from the beginning. First. And I think that speaks to, maybe David was known to have some volatility. We've seen it in other stories. But I'm just... It seems like... 
Nick Joy was coaching the messenger. Oh yeah. This, yes. Oh yeah. This, this this is all wink wink nudge nudge. Oh I mean, yeah. Like um, like he's expecting David to go. Well, he's already David's been ballistic. beating around the bush. He's going around, but no, he's expecting to go ballistic. But he's expecting David to make a show of going ballistic. Right. Yeah. That he's gonna. Right. How did you? How did you make this? I mean, David put this in the orders. Move up. And then leave, leave, leave Uriah exposed. So, right. so make it. It would look like a blunder. Yeah. He Job has him reported like a blunder, and then at the very end, stick in. Oh, Uriah is dead. Then, then I can see. I can see. Maybe it's not in the Bible, but he said. Then at that point, Job says to the messenger, "Once you say that, it'll be all be good. It'll be good. It's You'll all be good. good. It's all good with Dave." Yeah. 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 I say that you okay. did. The messenger changes the story too. He said, we were losing, yeah. they came out, and we chased them back and started winning. Right? Yeah. That wasn't the story at all. And so <laughs> now we lost our mind, and all of us ran to the wall because we were defeating them. Okay. And Uriah okay. was killed. By the way, but, but, and, and, but I think that, and, and we can talk about Joab real yeah. briefly. Joab, I think, had very much political advantage, and he, he was a... He, he had already killed one of Saul's sons that David had told him not to kill in revenge for the belief that one of Saul's sons killed his brother, if I remember correctly. And That's why we keep them around. Yeah, no but, doubt, yeah. But, but it was one of history those things lessons. Where, where Joab had kind of a history of being a player in a political mm -hmm. way. And right. so my thing, and I think, Kyle, you brought out in, in our Sunday school class, I actually visited Man Up this week, that um, that Joab is kind of looking at it, going, "So what the heck did Uriah do to make him mad?" <laughs> yeah. In this, and he kind of goes along with it. He's oh yeah, married. oh, he's oh totally yeah. facilitating. Are you, yeah. you going to go against the king's order? No. Yeah. But I still I mean, think he's even if you disagree a hundred thousand it's not. He's he's asking no questions. Yeah, he really yeah. does. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like, like he just said, he he doesn't ask it. He, he David says, stick him out there and pull back. Yeah, right. I mean, pull, yeah. just yeah. just yeah. leave. Yeah. I mean, and you, you know, who? I, 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 and I don't think Joab was the type of guy we know. We've only got he's the guy who said, oh, I'm sure the Lord got something in mind. I'm sure he says, hey, you know. It's best if I just just do it. Follow the order. Just follow the why order. Not ask why. All right. Not ask <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's look at something real quick. Okay. Okay. You got David's palace, and you got Uriah's house next to it. Right. Very close well, to it. So, like, I'm I'm thinking the important warriors of the thirty top men had their locations close to that. I, I think it's now you're getting to something. This this is really important, yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, he because, was not because, a low life. No, no, no. These guys, these this and this this now we're gonna you want to get contemporary. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh, no, oh, I don't know. This is there's, 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 yes, been referring yes to we've been no. these are first of all, let, let me no. go ahead. No, Uriah, no, no, go ahead Uriah, Uriah was a, was one of the mighty men. He would be he was with with so he's his he's his he's his buddy. Um, Bathsheba, and he's married, Uriah is married to Bathsheba. Bathsheba is uh, the daughter Ilium. of Eliam. Mm -hmm. Eliam is another mighty man Absolutely. who goes back, and he's listed. He goes, they go back to David's early days. He was an early yes. recruit. These yes. guys are friends. These guys are close friends. Mm -hmm. um, 
Bathsheba, Eliam's father, Bathsheba's grandfather is in David's court. He's an advisor. He's probably, now, now here's what I'm getting at. And also, the David of this story is not the youth who went out and beat. Goliath. No. He's probably, he's probably, he's in his 50s. 50s. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's probably around 55, 55 or so. He's at least 55. Bathsheba's around 20. Yes. You know, and, and, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this here and, and to men who have daughters, Bathsheba in no way is part of this. And I know I have heard it. In and mostly because That's your they, opinion. I have no no, I don't think she has any part in this. Nathan goes on to compare her to a you. She may have been she may have she may have viewed him as an uncle. He may have broken up all sorts of boundaries. She may have been around the court during he might have known her since she was a kid. That's what he I was, was just a, writing he, down as You know, he could have been oh oh David's got and I mean they may not have seen each know. other. She may have I mean he married, but she goes to the court, her and she is seduced. She is out and out seduced. And there is no, I've seen very little complicence, compl whatever. Well, I, okay. I was going to say, I read actually, I read there is none. compare it. So I, I do not think he raped her, because mm -hmm. I think it would have been more explicit. And I, think, that I think we're looking at, and I'm going to use a contemporary term here, I think we're looking at a Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, or, or something. He, he basically, power, I don't know how much of a choice. Yeah, he, he's the king. You know, mm -hmm. and 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 he's probably still pretty ruddy and good looking. So it's and, like, and okay. he's the king. He, and he's the king. He's, <laughs> he's been he, okay, he's the king. Right. Crime of opportunity. Go, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. How long has he known this? You know, Bathsheba. This is not the first time he's laid mm -hmm. eyes on her. If if Uriah is a mighty man, mighty man, mm -hmm. you know, he's one of mm -hmm. his close guys. You're the mm -hmm. king. You're having balls. You're having. Mm -hmm. Parties, you're you're just having you know the dinner buffet with a thousand you know not a thousand but you know with your closest guys and their wives, mm -hmm. you know the kids are off somewhere mm -hmm. being tended to by the you know mm -hmm. servants. Okay. But you know even in the 1900s, I mean they were doing the same thing that you know your wife is there at your eye candy, and so mm -hmm. it is. She well, would have been well, in David's presence. Should. In my opinion, mm -hmm. a couple of plenty of times. Well, and, and my and, and this goes maybe to something we could talk about now. So he's seen her before. He's seriously Lots. not sure she's married to Uriah until he catches her on the roof, and it's become and it becomes a whole nother ball of wax. Or did he just play moment. stupid? No, oh, I, who's I, this I, chick? I, no, I really think he didn't. That it was, he saw her as that's Uriah's wife, and now all of a sudden I saw her naked. And and I had the guys in our, yeah. and I asked the guys in our Sunday school class. To, I said, pick your girl that you. I think you said Raquel Welch, Kyle. You know, um, I threw out Kate Upton, uh, but who's your girl? <laughs> And, and that's the, the Hebrew vernacular of, and she was very beautiful, is what our scripture text reads. The Hebrew vernacular in today's, if somebody wrote this in the modern English version, it would come out as, he looked down and she was smoking hot. <coughs> right. And so I think he saw her, and I never thought about it that way, I think he saw her in a different light at that mm -hmm. point. I was, when you said that, I was thinking he 
you know, not so much, but to put again, today's terms, he put on beer goggles. He saw her in a different, <laughs> he saw her in a different view. Mm -hmm. Yes. Something immediately, mm -hmm. if it was seeing her naked bathing mm -hmm. on the roof or whatever, and you know, whoa, I've never been here during this time. I'm usually off fighting a war, but mm, okay. And then something changes in his view. But the weird thing about this story is, it seems like Uriah is m more devoted than David. Oh, oh yeah, he's more, and he's more wow. disciplined. And he's more disciplined, and he yeah. He says, I don't, I'm not going, my men are out in the field. The, you know, the, right. the, the ark is out in the field. This is not what I, this is not what one does. You know, you can right. see that. <laughs> one no, does and, that one. And, and, and let's take a sidestep to that. Uriah was not a Jew. He was not Israeli. Mm -hmm. He was a Hittite who co who converted to the faith. I tell him, so he's right. setting an example. Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to something real quick. I brought this up and um, I want to touch on today. If you have a two-story house, would your next-door neighbor go out naked and bathe in the yard? No. I know some that would. Well, they, <laughs> okay. Now, second time. Wait, wait, mm -hmm. second. I'm not finished. This is nighttime. How did he see her? He had the tallest building in and no, he, no, no, no. It's Jerusalem. Right. No, no, did you no, read the scripture? It's scripture? an afternoon. Oh, and, and she's, she's got a moonlight. She's got a moonlight out yeah. there. And you ever see a full uh, moon, a full moon, moonlight can light up, can make it, oh, yeah. make it quite bright. Oil lamps. I mean, um, she's and, not going to be out there just. And it could be, it could know. be late afternoon, or I mean, we. we it, it's so totally could, right. I don't think she'd have been out there. I think, I think she knew what she was doing. No, she didn't. No, Come on, think of it. Think of it this time. First of all, you and I are disagreeing. No, no, but I want to. I want to challenge you on this. I want to challenge you on this. She knew what she was doing. First of all, she had no reason to believe she was... This apparently was fairly commonly established that you're on your roof. That was a privacy. People went up there. People bathed there regularly. Now, Can again, she unfortunately, yeah. she unfortunately was close Can you to, show me history that shows okay. that? Yeah. Okay. yeah so I can't. You haven't seen, you haven't yeah, seen I, any I, other... We I haven't seen the other, uh, any of the other... It's also where they collect the water in the arid locations. And there's very little biblical evidence to support that. Okay, well, um, the other thing is, he asked very clearly, who is this woman? So if he can see her, he should have known who she was. I'm, I'm thinking mm -hmm. beer goggles. And, and, and you know, it, it may have been a while. I mean, look at it. If she's fairly young, I mean, there's. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be half facetious, but, but Mad Magazine... <laughs> <laughs> but now, Way I back when, I'm going to go from back magazine. to man. Remember man, man, okay. They used to say, "No, love me." This is they. They would say, "You know, what's what are one of the, what are the fun things of being a teenager in springtime?" And once it, when one of them is finding out that the girl next door, the little girl next door in the fall has become the big girl in the spring. Okay. She, he may have known her from, she, she, I, I mean, he may have thought of her as a kid. She, exactly. He yeah. saw her with noise. This, he may, it may have been a while since he saw her. Nonetheless, I, I, I can't find any biblical grounds here that she deliberately led him on somehow. Well, no, uh, okay. No, I haven't faced no, it. Let me say this. Uh -huh. I, I, the real problem was not with Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. So if you think I'm suggesting okay. that, I apologize. Okay. Okay. No, I'm okay. not okay. at all. Mm -hmm. the okay, real okay problem, women, women that are listening. Silent. He happened to see her, and yes, he, he went after her. But 
This doesn't happen the first time you see a woman. This has been coming on for some time. He's been thinking about this. If you go to uh, Deuteronomy 17, uh, 16 through 20, folks, a king shall not multiply his horses for himself, not have a lot of riches, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has told you, you shall not return that way again. So don't go back to Egypt. Don't return to your past, in other words. Mm -hmm. Neither shall a king multiply his wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, mm -hmm. nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself, neither shall he be real rich. And also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of the law of this book and read it daily. Let's paraphrase it. David started off when he had more than one wife. He had a mm -hmm. wife, Michelle, of Saul. It's like wealth. The more wealth you get, the more you want. The more wives you have. I, bl I firmly I, believe the I, more you want. So, well, I, I, go ahead. Go, well, I, I think I this leads into Beth more Beth didn't help him out. Let's no, just say okay. it that way. Okay, okay. but I will say, so, I, and, and, but then it's, it, still, it still leads into what I want to talk about maybe after our break. Um, about uh, why David found, why David fell into this, or if you want to, yeah, why David decided uh, to do what he did. That is awesome, that's and that is, a, that is a great time for us to take our heartbreak. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, but this is, uh, this is podcast number 110. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast. Podcast number 110. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith. And we're talking about things and learning from scriptures from many years past and just talking about it and applying it to our own lives. And like uh, the professor said earlier, this story has so many layers. It's kind of like an onion and we're just we're peeling them, but we're also chopping them on the way, too. So, uh, and that's right. Well, somebody's going to be crying. You know, and Probably I, you're right. Yeah, I tell you what, it ain't, it ain't going to be me, because I'm going to keep my mouth shut during most of this, just in case my wife listens. But, uh, no, we're in the story of David and Bathsheba, and I have a agriculture background. I was raised on a farm in Michigan, and I can tell you this. The springtime, every all the juices get going. Not only in the animals, but I mean, it's in the plants, it's in the trees. All of a sudden, it, there's new life and there's new vigor. And so it doesn't shock me at all 
that this story is set in the springtime. So you're saying there's an aphrodisiac in the air. Totally, essentially. Yeah. You know, that's actually a really good one. That's a basic point. So, so Steve said, let's talk about David. Let's talk about David. Let's talk about David. Why does a a man at the, at the peak of his power, at the summit of his achievements, we, we went through them all last week, the winning streak, there was something this self-destructive. He even, he could have acquired another concubine at this point. Why, why does he go to this, and I'm gonna, I can answer this question. Um, Nobody can beat him. Nobody can beat him but himself. And, and you know what I'm saying? And when, yeah. when you've outdistanced the field so much, that the only way to trip up is to trip on your own two feet. I think sometimes we, as human beings, just do it to ourselves. And 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 I think he does it because I mean we mentioned he's bored, but I think I think it's even more than that. What he is, and here's here's where here's where I make my jump. Um, he's feeling done. Um, I agree. No, Absolutely. It, it, it may maybe God wanted him go to go off to war. Maybe not. Mm. But these these aren't battles of conquest. They're really putting you know border skirmishes, and for all we know, Joab, who's an opportunist, might have said, you know, you're too valuable to get out there. You need and you need to be. But but he's already he's already expanded. The, think of everything he's done, and now he's 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 still. Rather than thinking about maybe what should I be doing now besides from conquering, he's going to go for that conquering feeling. Right. Even if it means <laughs> jumping Bathsheba. <laughs> right. Uh, and, 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 and that's, that, that's where I bring it into the, to the story of men because I think our culture especially values that achievement, values that that conquest, be it corporate acquisition, being entrepreneurial, it doesn't know how to approach men who move past that. And at a certain point in your 50s, you get to the point where you just don't have that, you, you, you lose some of that. You lose a lot of it. Lose the edge. And, and, and making that adjustment is very hard and the temptation for many men is to grab onto as much as what I used to have as possible to the point to become self-destructive and I'll, and I'll say this because we were talking Robert and I I'm sure everybody out there knows someone or has heard of someone friend of a friend uh, a, probably a man midlife crisis midlife crisis uh, yeah but, but not, somebody not, got not only a midlife crisis but you wonder why the heck did he do that why the, why the heck did he, he go, go off? buy a Ferrari? Yes, so yes, yes. he what, but, but yes, got a Ferrari. You can have, you know, sometimes sometimes it is an affair, an adultery, something like that. But sometimes, you know, why the, the the guy the guy has has started four or five companies, is a millionaire, twenty times over. Why did he just embezzle fifty thousand dollars? And go to jail for that? And I'm not sure if you <laughs> because, into because that. there's something <laughs> mysterious about trying to get something we cannot mm -hmm. have. Well, and, and he couldn't have a Sheba, but he had uh -huh. he had yes, any sir, number of yeah, the other He could take any concubine right? he wanted. Probably right. wasn't the first time, but yeah. that was mm -hmm. forbidden fruit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, and and and, and so Steve is, is, Steve is, is referencing. It was the and, apple. And and I'm gonna act, I'll link it out on the okay. Facebook page uh, maybe tomorrow, but it's a book out of the Atlantic Magazine, July 2019, by Arthur C. Brooks is the article, and it says your professional decline is coming much sooner <laughs> than you think. And it's a great article. That that was my comment to Steve walking in. Thank you for impressing me. I am over fifty now, and 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 but I am gonna say. Some of the stuff in here, as I was reading it last night, I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, it's true. And, and, and I think there is something here with David. It's the forbidden fruit. It's how do I keep trying to yeah, conquer stuff. It's Adam and Eve, right? It's, it's, <laughs> right? It, it, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a great mm-hmm. comparison. So it's, it's the forbidden fruit. Get, it's the apple. It's mm-hmm. trying to get something out of something that I'm not allowed to have so I can maintain that. You know, you have to think back on David's life at this point. He 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 gets pulled in as a little twelve-year-old, we think, and he gets anointed by Samuel and told, "You're going to be the king." Huh? <laughs> you know, at sixteen, he goes out and he slays a giant. After that, he's in the court of date. He's in the court of Saul as a musician. Saul kind of gets a little weird and tries to kill him, but that was after he decided. So he says, I can't pay the bride price for your daughter, so he goes and kills 200 Philistines and mm-hmm. delivers the foreskins to double the price, mm-hmm. basically, right. to get the first wife. Then he goes on the lamb forever. Then he comes back and he becomes the king of Israel and then even of Judah and then eventually Israel. Now, then last week we kind of read through the whole, here's everybody he wiped out to kind of establish the trade routes, build the borders, make everything safe. He goes to God and says, God, I want to build a temple for you. And God says, no. <laughs> Which is probably the first time he never got anything he ever wanted. Now we're at the point, and there's a whole other history of him and the Ammonites. The Ammonites actually had protected him for a while. Now he's decided he needs to deal with them for some reason. And now he's there, and for some odd, strange reason... Either Joab's involved, his advisors is, or he just decides I'm too old. He decides not to go to war and do what he's supposed to do. So as Kyle said, he gets bored. <laughs> well, I think he, again, I think he's thinking lascivious thoughts before he ever goes, before he sees. Before he didn't go. But that's how it manifested. That, but I think that's how it manifested itself. It's not, and, and again, the, there, this not, doesn't take away from the fact that. David got himself into big trouble no, because of his right. libido, but <laughs> that's that it's it's. I think I think he's I think one of the reasons he indulged himself and he really indulged himself yeah. is because not only was he was bored, he was trying to relive something, he was trying to hold on to something, and 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 my point being is that as uh, we society and we've been often miss that completely. Because men don't talk about, nobody wants to talk about, I'm losing my edge. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very difficult. And, and, and it's ironic because uh, even inside the church, maybe a, 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 a man going through this stage will go to his pastor 
and say, I just don't feel useful anymore. I used to be able to be, you know, thinking. And the, and the pastor, and I, this, I'm saying this would not happen here in our church because we have a great pastor and we have a great staff, but um, it's, it's very hard because that pastor might say, oh, okay, well, we need you on a search committee. We need you to bring all that thinking into finding a new associate pastor for my staff. When that's exactly the wrong place for that man to be at that point because he doesn't have the skills anymore. Perhaps it was time for him to be in the Stephen Ministries or the deacon to get into service, to move beyond what he has been doing for the past 45 years of his life and can't do well anymore. And, and, and that is, and, and that's, that's I'm, I'm, there's no easy solution for that, but I think that's, that's, the, that's one of the deeper onion layers in this story. Uh, David was a godly man. He was a man after God's own heart. But he failed to ask God, what do I do now? I'm at home. I'm bored. What do I do now? What plan have you for me now? I'm not on the battlefield anymore. You, you don't want me to build your, your oh, temple. Look, God sent Meshiba. I don't detect that Bathsheba was, was the first time that David ever did this. I, the big problem, though, is how he handled the cover-up. Oh, that well, oh, is, well, she was married. That, she was married, and then <laughs> the, and, and he was one, obviously one of the uh, mighty men, and so he tried to cover it up, and he wouldn't oblige, and I mean it just kept getting deeper and deeper. But I don't, I don't think that him getting Bathsheba, uh, that wasn't the first time for him. Okay. First time. So, what? First time. First time getting another wife for well, another. Wait a minute. No, 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 because this I is think... this is in direct violation of law. I mean, adultery is punishable by death. I mean, right. we, we know he took death. concubines, and there's probably a lot of looseness about. Do we? Do we really think he did something as no. active as the, as 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 really going off? The reservation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure he went that far off the reservation, but <laughs> I think this is David bored. He's bored because there's nothing left to do. <sighs> Sheila. Uh, okay. But I've seen okay. Sheila a few times. Michael got after that whole thing with the ark. I'm nowhere uh, going near her again. Right. <laughs> you know, and then uh, who was the woman that that sold the potter's field to him back when he was running? Oh, yeah, she's really good looking, but God, you know, it's been 20 years since I've been with her all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and right. let me go for a walk on the roof and figure, oh, hey. <laughs> but you, I, you know, I, I think that's what we're looking well, at. I, I didn't mean to interrupt because you wanted to talk about yeah. the, the, the snowballing. Oh, how 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 this how how he how this one thing now gets out of control. Well, hold on. Before he does that, in the proverbial words of the Watergate conspiracy. It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Because now it multiplies. And, and, and the thing about it is you can almost tell that he is getting taught a lesson of discipline and loyalty by Uriah. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, ah. Oh. 
you didn't sleep with her again. Ah! You're <laughs> Come more disciplined on, than I am. Let's have somebody. <laughs> Come on. And the ark is out, oh. not protected. The ark of the covenant is not protected, right? right. And all those mighty men are out there <laughs> sleeping on the ground, and you want me to go sleep with my wife, right? You're. It, it, it's, it's so embarrassing. I, 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 will, I will tell you this. The most moral, upright person in this entire story is the person that got played the most. Mm-hmm. It's Uriah. Yeah. Which, which, is, which is, is an example. Tragic figure of it's a story. spirit. It's a it's a biblical example of you know the righteous guy doesn't like I said sometimes gets the, right. <laughs> <You're not laughs> That's right. The right he is really oh, yeah. he's the guy he's 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 a a good officer. Uh, he's disciplined. Um, and you know, even he's even, moral. Yeah, why yeah. did the Lord intervene for him? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to say. I mean, that's a good. He's a good enough warrior right that David knew that if you go out there and lead the charge, oh, your is going to go after it. Mm-hmm. His goodness played right. into him getting set up. And, yeah, and no, it's, it uh, it's, it's really it's, and carrying his own death sentence yeah. <laughs> on him, and not looking at it, not reading the message. I, I, could you it imagine? If you but uh, again, you know, you're talking about a message from the king with his seal on there, well, and you yeah. walk up and you hand it to the. Yeah, he can't the, open it. Well, right. still, yeah, still, still, so you hand it off, and he goes, Wah! and you're dead because right. you broke the seal of the king yeah, to no. a letter to me. And I mean, that stuff can happen well, even as a mighty man. It is. Yeah. Right. Something like that could have been. And do you picture Joab is reading this, going, read. Kind of looks up at Uriah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Looks up at Uriah. You brought me this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys, <laughs> guys, y'all know we, this would not have happened if Bathsheba had weighed 300 pounds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was, no. <laughs> Damn it. All right, Michael. Mike, that was that Michael, Michael, Michael Proper. Proper. <laughs> That's the judge. All hate mail. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, well, we're going to go around, and uh, yeah, we still have, uh, there's certainly a lot more layers uh, to this, but I kind of want to get some important important points, though, and uh, and start with Professor. So, I'm going to compare David to Joseph for a moment. So, Joseph, back in Genesis, Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers, gets bought by a guy, the guy becomes... uh, one of the king's guards, captain of the king's guard, and Joseph rises to the place of prominence in the household. So much so that he is put in charge of everything. Well, evidently, Joseph was a fine-looking young man. And Potiphar, the king's guard wife, took notice that Joseph was a fine-looking young man. And the, the biblical text kind of gives us this cleaned-up, oh, come sleep with me, come lie with me thing, I'm thinking she's sitting there half undressed, laying on the bed. Hey, Joseph, you know, come on. You know, and, and he basically, she tries several times and he basically turns her down. And at the end, to his detriment, he runs away and leaves his cloak in her arms. And he ends up spending more time in jail because of that um, when it happens. And he ran away. And, and, this is one of those things, and Steve, Steve and I talked a little bit about this, and in today's world, is it the pornography site? No. Steve mentioned earlier, heck, I, I, 
I have a hard time walking around normal days <laughs> these days just with how women are dressed, how women present themselves, and what women do. It, it, it's almost, you almost want to be a horse with blinders on. Right. As you go through life because of it. And we're called to flee because Matthew 5.28. If a man looks, David's lust got him the minute he looked at Bathsheba and said, I want her. Okay, I, uh, the thing that I want to bring up that is bringing the issue to today's date is this. Yeah. And I was talking about this with Andrew, who is our millennial member of our Adult Bible Fellowship. Way, Amelia Clark was his girl from oh, Games of Thrones. Game of, that's right, yeah. <laughs> we went around. Is that right? Is yeah, that, that that's what he said. I have, I have no idea who she is, but she's probably hot. <clears throat> but here's the thing. <clears throat> Nowadays, and like Andrew told me, I know what I can't do, but I'm not sure of what I can do as far as relationships with women. And I think that is the big issue nowadays that is different. You know what you can't, but you're not exactly sure of what you can. And that adds to all the confusion <laughs> about interpersonal relationships today as we as we bring that up. But Kyle, your overview of this lesson. Well, the last uh, person, I guess, uh, to say that we hadn't talked about is the Lord. I don't think we have, have we? No. No. Uh -huh. so, all right. See, I was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Good to know at the end you're still paying attention. Right. Um, you know, um, the Lord was displeased with David. And this is the first time, right, that we've heard this. Well, and, and uh, I think the phrasing is more important. Read, read it again because it's not just the Lord is displeased. It's well, the, the thing, thing that the, David did. Which is the all-encompassing of bingo. this whole story. Mm -hmm. The... The deception, the you know, adultery, the murder, or whatever conspiracy thereof, whatever, blah blah blah. And moving into next week's, man, the Lord's going to speak a little bit to His displeasure, um, you know, as stated here. So the like, second Samuel speaks to him. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Trouble's part of the title. So you know, it's it's. I look forward to this next lesson as well to to bring it forward as to what some of the repercussions and, and the way that God views some of the things we do. Excellent. Judge? Alright. A um, couple things, folks. To me, the, the key lesson here is is you must control yourself not to be selfish. Because uh, what David did was so, like we said, I guess a number of said all, and already, and all of you know this if you read the story, there are consequences to his act and what he did that are forever reaching, probably forever. Uh, the, certainly it's addressed in there later on when we go through the next lessons, but if David had thought about all what he did, he would see the cost was so much greater than he wanted to consider. And by the way, I'm reading a comment from a commentary. If David only knew that this illicit pursuit of pleasure 
And once again, this is selfishness, folks. We're to live our lives for everyone else. Our commandment and our directing guidance from the Lord is to live for everyone but ourselves. What the result he had was an unwanted pregnancy, a murder of a trusted friend, a dead baby, his daughter raped later on by one of his sons, and that comes from having multiple wives, another son murdered by another son, a civil war which led by one of his sons, and that son who initiates David's lack of self-control has sex with David's concubines, Absalom, as you all know, and then a uh, a son who imitates David's lack of self-control, leading him and much of Israel away from God. There's so much more than this, and I hope we have a chance to cover this, folks. Don't let a moment of, of passion destroy your life. Just don't do it. And this same kind of ruin comes from adultery today, folks. This is no different yesterday than today. We think about all the children who went to bed without daddy at home because of the terrible attack on the United States on September 11, 2001. But far more children go to bed every night without daddy who is, in the, who is not in the house because he's committed adultery with somebody and their, and their marriage has ended up in divorce. At this very moment in this story, David agreed with the world's understanding of the purpose yeah. of sex, seeing it primarily as a pursuit of a pleasurable experience for himself. With his many wives, David may have never really understood God's purpose for sex, and that's to be the cement of the relationship. And I, I don't agree with that statement necessarily. I think David knew the purpose of sex in marriage, and that's to bond you with your wife. But he lost control of it. And had this affair with Bathsheba. If that's for me, I'm not here. Yeah, that's Honey, I am not going to comment on Bathsheba. So, uh, no, go ahead. And Steve. Um, well, everything is, for, is, is, is right, what, what, what Michael's saying, what we're saying here. Um, but, again, it's about that. It's about what do you do when, you know, what do you do to fight this? And sometimes it's more than, I mean, obviously it's it's following the Lord, but it's asking the Lord, what what do I do now at this phase of my life and we we I want to reference it again that was a and I urge um it's definitely a, a good article for men it's long um it's by Arthur C. Brooks who is president of the American Enterprise Institute a policy think tank oh uh, yeah it is in the July issue of Atlantic the current issue this was very uh very timely uh your professional decline is coming much sooner than you think and in that and this is just to wrap this up uh Brooks writes about uh Resume, ver resume virtues and eulogy virtues. You kind of grasp what those are. I mean, David had a very good resume. He had a great LinkedIn page. If right, you went there. right, right. You'd see a lot, you know, start de defeating Goliath, king of, you know, this, king of Judah, you know, leader of mighty men, king of Israel. Uh, it was time for him to work on his eulogy virtues. Right. Like all of us. I mean, we, we want to, and, and as I said, the culture, our culture really values those resume virtues. They will, they will play those up. You will, you, as a man, you will get that as the most important thing you'll be doing. Mm -hmm. But what you'll want is, you know, is your legacy, or what will people say about you when you die? And, and what do you want them to say? Do you want them to say, well, he, he defeated Goliath, and... He he reached the he took Israel to the to the to its greatest extent, which are nice things to say. But will they say, you know, 
will they say he was a man after God's own heart? What will they say? And what do you want them to say? And that will lead you maybe into deciding where, you know, where, where your direction is when you sometimes feel your life has lost direction. Well, that is excellent. Yeah, and what you guys have... Um, You've, you guys have put up with me before, and I brought this up. I've always felt that there's three phases of life, learn, live, and legacy. What you guys have brought out here now, uh, David is definitely in the legacy period of his life. He's already lived. And the difference between, say, when you're living and you're trying to accentuate what you've done, your LinkedIn page, your accomplishments, and that kind of thing, but when you're at that legacy stage, vast majority of people talk about your kindness, your interpersonal relationships, and how you handled things. They, it doesn't really matter by then what you accomplished, but by your relationships with people. That, that is what people are going to miss. They're not going to miss what you created, because they weren't necessarily a part of that. But they're going to miss how you affected them, how you related to them. That's the legacy and what you taught them and what they can take away from it. The thing about it is with uh, this Bathsheba and David discussion for me is I can only imagine David thinking that he was smart about doing the cover-up and then how bad he must have felt when Uriah turned out to be more disciplined and God-fearing than him. I want to thank you for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. We are on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud where you can have listen to all of our podcasts. And we have a Facebook page that is at Man-Up where you can go ahead and post your questions. We'd be more than happy to talk about it in a future podcast. We want to invite each and every one of you, if you're ever in the Sugarland area, which is south of Houston, stop in. More than happy to have you. Not only for a service, but adult Bible fellowship for a Sunday school class. <clears throat> and, but we want to encourage you out there to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Go, participate, be a part of it. Join a small group, kind of like what we have here. <clears throat> and... Find a men's only group, and if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.